Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are so glad that you are here. Glad you're joining us. Whether you're a brand new speaker just going, I don't even know what I don't know, and I'm looking for help on how to get started, or you're a speaker who's been at this for uh, for a few years or maybe a few decades, and you're trying to figure out how to continue to build and grow your speaking business, wherever you're at in your speaking journey, really glad you're here. This is the place to learn about all things speaking. So oftentimes we have a mix of guests, we have uh, different interviews, uh, we have some different teaching and training here, but we want to give you a lot of resources and value that you need to build and grow your speaking business. Now, before we get to today's guests, I put together a free tool that we would love for you to check out. If you are looking for a place on how do I find speaking leads, how do I find potential bookings, we have a free tool, a free software tool that you can register for by going over to myspeakeragent.com, myspeakeragent.com. The tool is free. The tool is called Agent, and you will find over a thousand listings there of potential events that you could reach out to that could be potential clients for you. So again, you can find that by going totally for free over to myspeakeragent.com. Now today we are talking with my dear friend, Miss Nicole Walters, who is as entertaining and energetic and sassy as they come. All right, I think you're really going to enjoy this. We it's just a really a wide ranging conversation. We talk about how she pitches for gigs. She's really really good for that. She shares some really practical tactical ideas on that. We talk about how speaking feeds into the back end of her business and how speaking is just kind of one part of it and how it connects with everything else she's got going. We also talk about how she differentiates herself from other speakers at events. She shares some great strategies there. And then we also talk about how she balances uh, travel with speaking and, and having a family. So one of the, the challenges with speaking is the nature of it is you have to get on a plane, you have to leave your family, you have to go somewhere else. And so we talk about like, as a mom, as a wife, how do you balance that? So she shares some great insights there. But Nicole is a, uh, a great friend and has some great stuff to share here. So make sure you check out her stuff over at NicoleWalters.tv. Again, that is NicoleWalters.tv. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Buckle up, my friends. Here's Miss Nicole Walters. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Today, we are joined by my dear friend, Miss Nicole Walters, who is the sassy as they come. Before we've even began recording, she's already talking smack to me. This girl talks more smack than just about anybody I know. Is that true? Is that accurate? Is that fair? What I do, I talk truth. I mean, I don't know what you're saying, but I like to drop accurate gems. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you do. Miss Nicole, so excited that you're uh, you're hanging out with us. We appreciate you taking a couple minutes here. So first of all, let's start with this. For people who aren't familiar with you, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. You've got a lot of things happening. Speaking is one of those. Obviously, we'll spend some time camping on. But give us an overview of your business and, and what all it is that you do. 
Sure, absolutely. So I consider myself an income strategist. So what that means is I help everyday entrepreneurs apply corporate strategies in order to get more profitability, get more popularity, and overall have a business and a life that they love. So it is uh, so much fun for me to help bring people tools on knowing things like what's a profit and loss statement and, you know, how can I really get out there and make sure I'm building a business that serves people in the right order and for the longest amount of time. So that's what I do. And everything I do around that speaking wise, content-wise, courses, creation. It's just to help drive people to that common goal of success. And so what does the business look like? If you were to break down the pie, like what are the different revenue streams and things that you've got going? Yeah, definitely. So obviously I've got lots of revenue streams and everyone should. I have my uh, wildly popular signature course called 1K One Day Academy. And that is a top to bottom, hey, I don't know anything about business. How do I build it? And building it from a perspective of corporate strategy. So setting up your LLC, making sure that you are doing things in a legitimate way that will actually get you profitable and, and implementing income streams. So you know what that how that works. I have a course called Fierce Clarity. Fierce Clarity just helps people kind of figure out where do I start, you know, if entrepreneurship even makes sense for you. I also have a membership group, a million dollar membership group that is wildly popular, not open to the public, but this group is just a place where it's a, it's an incubator. It's an intimate connection for my community to hang out. I also do speaking. So that's another thing that I love doing and is so much fun for me. I do hosting. I have a, a private mastermind that's invitation only and not open to the public. And that's another income stream for me. I also like to knit and make jam. I haven't really turned that into an income stream. That's good to know. That's good. As if you need one more thing. You know, it's good jam. Okay. That's what I can say is it's really good. Well, you've moved to the South now. So what kind kind of jam do you make? It's right. Uh, strawberries, my thing. I go. I oh, actually man. go and pick my own strawberries, then bring it home, and I and I can and all that. So, I mean, I'm thinking about hanging up my hat. I mean, maybe after this podcast and just listen, listen. Because here's the deal. You know, you know where I live. You drove. You literally <laughs> looked at houses on my street. I did, I did. So you need to be sending me some jam. All right? actually, it's the least I can do. It is because since I didn't pick up the lot between you and Jeff, like I definitely should have. All right, all right. So we'll we'll talk about that later. So right. Uh, all right. So you've got all these different things going. So for you, I know we were talking about a little bit earlier. You do a decent amount of speaking just for context sake like how much speaking are you doing how many gigs uh, on a month or a year on, on average so in my business we style it as speaker season because i need to leave time to actually work my business you yeah. know all the leads that i generate i got to bring it back and manage them so i try to keep my speaking between august and march obviously knowing that november and december usually there's not too many things because it's yep. holiday season so on average that looks like maybe one to two events a month but during speaker season i mean i could have something every weekend yeah Yeah. And what type of events are you typically speaking at? So it's a variety. I may be speaking at just your standard entrepreneur conference, bigger events like, you know, Shalene Johnson does like Marketing Impact Academy. Mm -hmm. I've spoken with uh, Dave Ramsey at Business Boutique. I've also spoken at like Crafting Commerce, which is Convert Kids Conference. Mm -hmm. And those are things where I'm speaking to, you know, creators, entrepreneurs, things of that sort. But I also do other events like faith-based events, like Millions Conference. I did that in Texas. Um, I will also do uh, lots of hosting. So I'm a terrific MC. That is my jam. It's so mm-hmm. much fun for me because you don't have to plan or do, you know, you kind of get on stage, you build this relationship and that's a lot of fun. So those I, I pick up all the time and that can be for any event. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And do you, you said you, do you prefer doing the MC thing? Cause that's, that's kind of a unique thing where not a lot of people can do that and do it well. And it's right. a big commitment too, because if you're showing up to do a keynote, you show up, you do your thing and you're pretty well done. Like you can hang right. out a little before and after, but if you're doing an MC thing, you are the thread that runs through the conference. So that becomes a lot more time, labor, energy uh, intensive. Oh. 
Definitely, definitely. So when it comes to doing the keynote thing, I actually prefer it if it's corporate work because corporate work is a mud jam because you come in, they've got a driver, they put you in the nice place, 45 minutes, you lay it down, you know, and then you right. leave with your big fat checks. So so that's awesome. And then conference stuff is always fun when because it's a great place. I don't hold my own live events. So I love doing conference stuff because it lets my people have a place to go. Like I get to sell a bunch of tickets for the event because my people are looking for me. So yeah. those are fun too. But emceeing is honestly my favorite because I'm good at it and yeah. it's something that there's nothing more painful than to watch a bad MC. And, right, and you have right. so much responsibility I mean if if for some reason the audio goes out you need to be ready to go up there and keep people entertained for an hour so right. it's like you're half you know uh, time and agenda management you're half event structure you're also you have to be stand-up comedian so if you can't yep. get up there and just be funny and tell a story like it'll never work so yeah right. emceeing is my jam I love it so what is the win for you with speaking because again you've got so many other things going so a lot of people I think that's what's interesting about speaking is there's no right or wrong way to do it it, right there's there's not a one size fits all it's it's a the way you may do it may look different than the way someone else may do it may you know versus someone else and and so there there's again there's no just right or wrong way where you have to do it this way as a you know full-time professional speaker you have a lot of other irons in the fire so how do you feel like speaking fits in and just feeds the overall business so it isn't my primary revenue source. I uh, All my products, all my other experiences that I offer, those are things that kind of keep the lights going. Mm-hmm. But I make great speaker money um, because, again, if you can hire a great MC, you'll have a great event. You know, so, yeah. so that works out well for me. But when it comes down to it, the way that I leverage speaking is I, I use it to drive people into my business. I use it as a form of introduction. I always walk on stage and say to myself, if people in this room don't know who I am, they're going to leave and they're going to love me. I don't care who else is, on the, is billing. I don't care who else is on the roster, even if they came for Kim Kardashian or Joe Polish or Sarah, whoever, if they came for one of these people, they're going to leave and be like, Nicole Walters was the best. You know, I I leave it all out there. So it's an opportunity. It's, it's my chance to sort of get in the room and have my moment and, and being able to direct people to opportunities and solutions that they never knew about. So that's how I use it. I use it to bring people into the fold, introduce them to an opportunity, a new way of looking at things and for them to leave and have a good time and just laugh. And it's, it's just, it's a blessing. It's so much fun for me. Yeah, the reality is, is like the, the speaking is very much a human connection type of business, and oh, the, yeah. the best way to, to to really make connections with people is to actually meet them in person. You know, so the reason that you and I smack talk frequently is because we've hung out in person, right? And I don't That's think right. we'd have that level of connection had we just you know exchanged some emails or something. I would have done it anyways. Well, that's true. That is that is that is entirely <laughs> I true. I'm like, yeah, your your little uh, dive that you did into your pool. Yeah, I saw that on a boomerang. It was average, <laughs> and I just want you to know that. <laughs> 8.7 from the Russian judge. It was, yeah, it was an 8.7. I mean, needless to say, you've got some work to do. <laughs> it is. We have a long summer ahead of us, thankfully. Summer, right. So then, um, uh, you, I lost my train of thought. What are we even talking about here? <laughs> Something about speakers. Something speaking, 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 speaking stuff. Okay, where are we going with that? So, so it sounds like, again, for you, speaking is going to be more of like, almost like paid lead gen and paid yes, relationship exactly. building. That's exactly right. It is a form of lead generation because honestly, there's nothing like getting on stage knowing that people are like, I had no idea who you were. Yeah. And then afterwards having, one of the things I love doing is if I can't sell from stage because I'm just getting paid up front, I always negotiate to have a table put mm-hmm. into my contract. And people are normally like, oh, she just wants a table? Sure. Like a table in the marketplace, that's fine. And I'll, I'll even say like, oh, I'm not selling a book. I'm not selling anything. I just, just give me a meet and greet table because what will happen is I will have a line out the door. Because if I do my job well, I can measure that by this line. And people will come there, and then I get to sit to meet with them. And, like, in person, I carry this thing 
that um, you can see because we're on Skype, but I'll describe it for anyone listening. It's um, what I call my speaker card. So yep. it's like a mini version of my one sheet, but on the back of it, it actually says notes and it's a blank page. So what I do to make sure that people don't throw this away instead of like a business card is I'll write a couple notes for them. Like I'll say, hey, based on what we talked about, go here and look at this product or check this out or here's yeah. a resource. And then people actually walk away and they clutch onto this. Like I get pictures of this in their DMs. Like, thank you so much for giving this to me. It was so valuable. And what happens is they have all my booking information. They have everything they need to know about me. Right. They are entrenched in the brand and all because I got on stage, said a couple words and sent them out back to, you know, convert on the relationship. So it's lead generation. It works marvelously. But for to be like devil's advocate. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Let's, let's say, for example, though, that, you you know, you go speak in an event for, you know, 100, 200 people. Maybe it's a free sure. event. Maybe they just cover your travel or whatever. Sure. With the idea that it's going to be lead generation, that's a lot of time commitment of I know we've been we're both big family people, you know, leaving the family is a big, big deal. We don't want to do that. So the nature of speaking is that you have to get on a plane, you have to go somewhere, you have to leave the family. And so if you're doing that from the primary intention of this is just lead gen, and hopefully it turns into something, what do you say to that person who's going like, yeah, but does that work? Like, I don't know that I want to take the time away when I, if I got limited time already to be working on my business at the perspective of something that may come of it. You know what I mean? Sure. We'll still get paid. I mean, I do five figure speaking engagements. So I mean, like there's that, you know, but outside of that, if it's something where it's like, okay, hey, we're doing selling from the stage and then there's a split, you know, with the event host, like there's that way to get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then outside of that, I also put links up on the site with with premiums, you know, as part of my deck where it's like, hey, if you want to grab these slides or if you want to grab, you know, the the image that I showed you right here, don't worry about it. Geniuses take notes, but go to this link. You can download it right now. So, I mean, I capture emails from the stage all the time because I want to make sure that I can convert on it. And then I have a ready-made pre-constructed email that I send out right after the event saying, so glad, you know, that you followed up with me. So glad you saw this. Here's additional information. The same sort of things that I would write on this note card if I met with them personally. And then lastly, the um, last part of it is, you know, I I love my family. I moved to Atlanta um, partly to get away from Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I moved to Atlanta so I could have direct flights because yeah. I wanted to be able to get home, you know, even sooner. So all that matters. But when I'm speaking, when I'm at an event, when I'm working, you know, I want to be there 100%. So I'm the speaker that will arrive early and help you set up. And I'm also the speaker that will be the last out of the door, making sure that your people all felt like they, they had that personal connection. I'm not just because I'm on stage doesn't mean that I, I've never been in the audience. So I don't ever forget that. And I make sure to interact that way. So um, I will convert on all those people because I'm not leaving until I do. <laughs> so. Are you, you seem pretty extroverted. Oh no. You know what's funny? I'm really shy. This is awkward for me. No, <laughs> of course I'm extroverted. I love people. Right. It doesn't mean that you have to be extroverted to be a speaker. As a matter of fact, you just have to have a passion for speaking. You, if you're introverted, you need to practice a lot more. But I have to practice. You know, yeah. uh, the only thing I don't really practice a ton for is uh, MC work, you know, because... Yeah. I have a couple of like go-to stories that I can use and leverage if I need to. Um, and I'm, I'm it, what makes me a uniquely good MC is that I can riff and improv and things like that. But right. outside of that, when it comes to speaking, yeah, I still have to practice. I still have a speaker coach. I still have media training. I still have to know my deck. I created three different decks with three different stories that I know like the back of my hand so I can get up anywhere and do a presentation with or without them. But I still have to modify them based on the audience. So yeah, it's, 
yes, I'm extroverted, but I never, ever want anyone to think you have to be as extroverted as me in order to crush it on stage. Like that's totally not true. So I'm curious then from your perspective, as someone who, uh, let's say you're brought into just do a keynote, but you're the type of person that's going to show up at the beginning during setup and you're going to be there at teardown and everything, everything in between. How do you feel like doing that makes a difference for your business. Because again, there's also the balance of, I know that building those relationships with people matters, but at the same time, I know that there's family waiting on me back home. And so for a lot of speakers, there's the tension of, I want to stick around, I want to network, but at the same time, like I want to go to the airport right now and, and get out of Dodge. So how do, you, how do you balance that tension? Well, so you're right. The tension is real and, and you hear about it all the time, you know, that balance. For me, I always arrive the day before, first of all, and I always make myself very available to, you know, whoever's hosting. So I'll say, are there some places that you'd like me to be first? Just because if they say, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if you also came to the VIP party, that's something that I can do. I can pop up there for a few minutes or for, you know, an hour or two to add that additional value without it seeming like and providing that accessibility to a smaller community because then they'll disseminate the buzz like, oh, Nicole Walters is at the party. I'm excited to hear her speak. Yeah. Um, you know, I always try to do those things in advance. Um, and when it comes to being there through breakdown and, and teardown and all that stuff, I mean, I stay within reason, but, you know, I definitely see the value in that experience. At least now, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not, well, Steve Jobs is definitely not alive. Don't want to use that example but I'm not a fancy speaker. (laughs) Like I'm not, you know, I'm not Brene Brown, right? Like I can't, I can't go in there and sort of say like, Hey, this is how it's going to work. And this is what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll ever be that type of person, you know, but one of the things I think is the advantage is that people know when you book Nicole Walters, you're going to get, when she's on the ground, you're going to get a full experience that her, the conference attendees are going to walk away saying, wow, it was so great. All the other speakers walked out the door. Nicole stayed after a few minutes and just like held a little quick round table and chatted with us, you know, like that, that's, I mean, it's in line with my character. I like people. It doesn't tire me. And it's also something that I think really distinguishes me and differentiates me in the market space because I, I'm not, you know, I don't, give off the air, even if it's not intentional. Most of us just want to get home to our people and we're tired, but I don't give off the air that like, I don't have time to spend. spend, So yeah, that's one of the things I was wondering about. I was going to ask you was, was, do you feel like it does differentiate you from from the other speaker who, yeah, I come in, I do my thing. I go home, peace out. I did what you paid me to do, Mm -hmm. but just some of those extra steps to go above and beyond to connect with the, with the audience, with the client, those things matter whenever it comes to booking, especially like future things and, and referrals, recommendations, repeat business. Like those, those things really make a big difference. They do. I'm mean, As a matter of fact, if you want to hear something that I'm sure nobody has ever heard of, I am, as far as I know, the only speaker I've ever met that's been tipped. So like people don't even know that that's a thing. Like people think that I'm just here, here. Like you guys can't see Grant's face. I can see Grant's face. He's like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah, I've been tipped. I've actually received on multiple occasions, additional payments in the four figure amount where it's like, you did such great work. We so yeah. appreciated you. We wanted to throw a little something extra to you because we appreciated that you did this. So I've That's made cool. more money because I've done that. Yeah. Interesting. So people, cool. people can tip their speakers. You know what I mean? Like it's know. their choice if they want to pay you extra. And then it's not uncommon when I'm booked for something to audit, to leave that event being booked for the following event. Yeah. So whether it's at, on a panel or as an MC or something to that effect. Do you find that speaking is uh, like very, speaking tends to be very much a momentum business, right? So when you're doing gigs and you're doing a lot of gigs, it's easy to keep it going and to keep that flywheel in motion. Do you find that, and again, this is my sense outside looking in, is that the bulk of your business comes from repeat, from referral, from word of mouth, from a lot of organic stuff because you are speaking and because that momentum has been built? 
Uh, sure. I mean, you're only as good as your last gig, right? Isn't that what everyone says? That's a huge part of it. The other piece is pitching. So I spend about 20% of my total business time pitching myself, whether it's to media or to speaking engagements, because you know I have to take the perspective of I'm the best thing you've never heard of. So if you haven't had an opportunity to see me speak, you must not know how awesome I am. Let me put myself in front of you. So yeah. with um, opportunities like speaking with Team Ramsey, I mean, I was booked for a tour with them and I, you know, I did multiple events with them. And but to get in the door with Team Ramsey and their whole organization, it took me eight months of pitching. The yeah. first pitch, they said no. They're like, we don't even know who you are. We do not put strangers on our stage. You know, we we like to get to know people. We take our speaking very seriously. And I had to keep getting in front of them. I had to say, hey, here's my new reel. Hey, I'm the best thing you've never heard of. Hey, I see that you've got a gap in this area. Let me reach out to you and say, like, I can fill that gap. And, you know, I'm still available in November. And you know you want me on your stage. And I will fly down to Nashville to meet you. You want me to be able to do this. And finally, when they said yes, and they granted me that opportunity, which was amazing and changed everything, once I got out there, this is where I think a lot of people may kind of drop the ball is you have to, what I call slay and deliver, right? You can't just show up and now that you got the gig and, and get all highfalutin fancy pants. You have to go there and be your best because, and once I did that, Team Ramsey was like, she is good. We will book her for all the things like, because she's that great. And that was a huge vote of confidence, but it also, it was exhausting. It was like a three day, it was a three day event that I booked myself for. And at the end, I looked at my Fitbit and I'd done I think it was like 40,000 steps between like walking around, not just on stage, but walking around and greeting the fans, staying until the last minute, interacting with everyone, going to every single VIP event, all those things. But I earned it. And so if you book me for one event, it's a five-figure payout. I'm going to convert that into a six-figure relationship. Right. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you you bring up a couple things there that I want to touch on. One of the things that you mentioned is that you still have to pitch yourself. You still have to, you're the best thing that people have never heard of. So Mm -hmm. what does that process look like for you? So you you find an event, you hear about an event, you're like, oh, I would be perfect for that. Uh, So what, what, what do you do from there? What does that process look like? So pitching starts like months out, usually like six months or so, no less than three. Just if you want to actually be a speaker, I think that too often people hear about an event and they're like, oh, this is happening, you know, in two weeks. Let me go send them an email and see right. if they have their speakers. Right. The answer is yes, they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a while back and, you know, contracts have been ratified. Like, the budget has been spent and not just that. It doesn't mean that you can't do it shot and shot in the dark. You never know what might happen if someone bails. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't even look very professional for you to not know that that's how that works, you know? So that's the first thing is right now we're coming up on the middle of the year. I'm going to start pitching for 2019 for events that I know that I want to see. Uh, second, I also do a heavy research. So I try to determine like, what year is this event in? What type of people do they tend to bring? What can I bring to the audience as a differentiator? So if I'm going into an entrepreneur space, one of the things that I like to do is I say, hey, African-American women, for those of you listening who might not have known, I'm African-American, devastatingly good looking, well exfoliated skin, fully <laughs> radiant. Just, I mean, I'm telling you, Grant, I, I mean, I, I'm not denying any of those things. Vouch for it. These things are true. Grant, listen, I, this is why I don't even like doing podcasts because I'm not using all of my gifts. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be honest here. <laughs> but no, the People truth of that is- People are only getting half the experience. They're only getting half the experience. I mean, let's just be completely honest. No, but the truth is I, I leverage that. I also say, hey, you know, African-American women are becoming entrepreneurs at a rate of nine times the average American. Yeah. So you better believe they're looking out for conferences. They're looking out for speaking engagements. They want to find a story they can identify with, not to mention, you know, I quit my job live online in front of 10,000 people. Like that's something every entrepreneur kind of wishes that they could do, you know, it's like set fire to that bridge and charge off. So I speak to a wide range of people. You want me on your stage. And now I can find the trigger points, where in their mission statement, where their goals are, what they're looking to expand in. And then I target that as well. And it's easy enough to find the contacts either through 
what I usually do is I'll go on their website, kind of find out who's running things. Then I'll go back to Facebook and see where our mutual connections are. Mm -hmm. And then, and then kind of play that route to try to reach out to the person directly and say, Hey, you know, I know this is coming up. It looks like this year is going to be great. I would love to come out and check it out because I love to see events before I actually book the events just to make sure I'm bringing the right energy if I have the space and time. Um, And then I pitch them for the next one. So that that way we can start negotiations and make it happen. Right. So because the reality is, is like most of the people that you reach out to, you're typically not going to get a reply, right? Or they're they're, they're booked or yeah, we'll think about it. Or yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. add you to this folder or file mysteriously, you know, arbitrarily, randomly nowhere. So what do you do from that standpoint? Is there any type of follow-up that you do or uh, any type of next step that you're going for? Are you, it sounds like you're doing that via an email initially. Is there any, what what happens? Yeah, I can actually tell you my follow-up formula. So uh, pitching is my jam. Like I'm actually, I can't come from a corporate world where that was something I had to do pretty consistently for a fortune 500. So I, I get responses overwhelmingly. And I almost always get a response to all of my messages at some point, even if it's not initially. So um, here's the process for the follow-up. After the first six business days, I'll send another email. Oh, let me tell you, the first email that I send out, I usually send out late on a Sunday night. I can just like okay. use a tool like Boomerang to make sure yeah. that it like, you know, it, it happens on time. So the reason why I do that is because I want it top of their box Monday morning. If for some reason they don't see it, that's fine. In six days, I'll resend an email that is a re-forward of the previous email yeah. with a little message saying, popping it to the top of your inbox. Smart. Then after six days, and if I still don't hear anything at the two-week mark, I will actually pick up the phone and call them. Okay. Like I will find the number for them, the organization, someone, and I will call and say, hey, just, you know, I know how life gets crazy. I just want to reach out and see if we can set up time to chat. One of the things that I do in all my emails that no one ever does, and this is just like a freebie that I think would be huge, is I never just send out an email where I'm like, these are all my stats. You totally should book me. Attaches my media and one kid and real. Let me know if there's space. Are you kidding me? I go in and I assume the yes. Again, I'm the best thing you've never heard of. This is the best day of your life because I've just hit your inbox. Like, I'm so happy for you. Like, and I take that energy and I bring that into my email. So, I mean, I end my emails with a specific date and a specific time that we will be chatting about this opportunity. So by the time you get to the end of that email and I say, hey, so I'm super excited that we're going to be doing this. How's Thursday at four o'clock, you know, to pick up the phone and chat about the specifics and the next step? Because that ups my my conversion rate tremendously because they have to respond because we're already booked. (laughs) So I mean, (laughs) you're either going to respond or you're going to leave this hanging. Usually I get a response saying, hey, that time's not free or actually we can do that or maybe we're we're past that speaker seat season point, then I'll say, Hey, you know, well, give me more details. When's the right time? What's the process? You know, and then I'll figure it through. But yeah. So then after two weeks, I go ahead and I do a phone call. If I still don't hear from them, I give it a solid month. And then I reprint pitch fresh, meaning I will go back and do more research, kind of figure out, did I miss the mark? Was it just a busy season? Kind of looking at what they're doing and I'll reprint with new content. So, um, and then I just repeat that cycle over and over until eventually they book me. Okay. So a couple questions. One, are you, yeah. how are you tracking all of this? Is there a certain sure. CRM or something that you're using or just a, a yeah i'm a salesforce girl which okay. like is, that's not reasonable people can use asana or trello you know most right. entrepreneurs but the point is you have some system where it's not oh, just like yeah. oh crap what, what i think i'm supposed to follow up with someone today who am i where are we at on this and but yeah. there's some system where you, you take Absolutely. the next action it's out of sight out of mind it'll come up in you know six days or a month or whatever absolutely be. yeah i'll get a reminder pop-up notification right. like hey it's time to follow up with this person 
and I have everything like in methods. I don't use templates. I think that's something that I have a formula, but it's like more like a plug and play loose skeleton. So many people will do copy paste templates with their standard attachments and they'll send those out. And I'm telling you, you're the person that makes it easy for me to get booked because like they get these all day and all night. And it's like they get, when they see mine, they're like, oh, a real person. This is nice. You know what I mean? So, so uh, yeah, if, if it's important enough to you to get booked, if you are going to command a certain dollar, then take the time out to show that. Right. And so it makes a difference of whenever someone gets it. And I think this is true for you and I, for anybody is when you get an email, does it feel like this was written to me or mm-hmm. this was written to hundreds of other people and I was just copy and paste it on it? Absolutely. And also, if you're trying to book a specific event, and you're saying that, hey, I'm the best thing you've never heard of for your event. And yet it is a copy paste from both FinCon and social media marketing world and the Women's Expo and Forbes. Those are not the same event. So if you're saying that I'm perfect for your event, but you're sending me the same thing, then obviously you don't really care. Obviously, that's not the truth. Like clean it up. So I'm curious, though, whenever you're sending those emails, like for people that are listening to you, you're a very, yeah. you're, you're a very likable person. You have a very a, a strong personality, but that doesn't always come across via email, sure, right? Sure. So if someone has no idea who you are and I'm just right. getting this, this random email and I get pitched mm-hmm. regularly from speakers sure. or from whatever, whenever you're doing, especially the follow-up, how do you find the balance between, I want to stay top of mind, but I mm-hmm. don't want to be annoying to someone? Sure. Absolutely. So again, I don't believe in annoying I'm amazing. So it's like, and I, and that is the mindset that you have to have because honestly, like they just don't know, like you're right. Like I, not my enthusiasm and my eagerness to be on your stage and crushing it and serving is something that is hard to convey your email, which is why I'm so big on, let me get you on the phone so that we can chat. Let's get a video chat. Like that is the goal. I'm not looking for the yes in the first email. So that might be the first shift for people is because honestly, like I also take my business seriously. I want to make sure that I'm a fit for you also. I don't want to get on stage as a Christian in front of Atheist United and then we potentially don't have a fit there. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's important for us to have that chat first. But yeah, I mean, the way that I convey it is one, I, I have a, a great reel that I attach, you know, and I, I refresh my reel every single year. So that that way it has like updated information and it's showing how I've grown as a speaker because you do get better over time and you book yeah. better gigs over time. Yeah. And then again, I think part of conveying the enthusiasm is aligning your personal story with things that you know about the business, which is why templates don't work. So my enthusiasm conveyed because it's clear I did my research and my story is conveyed because I align it with things they're already doing in their business. And my knowledge is conveyed because you can tell that I've researched the demographics and I found where there's compatibility there as well. I don't mince any words about saying how I can help them sell tickets. Like I am very good at selling. That is like a huge part of what I do. And I sell well live. And I also have like a rabid audience audience and crazy fans. So one of the things I can do is I can get people in those seats. And at the end of the day, that's what a lot of bookers and event hosts are looking for is they've got to sell tickets and they want to know that they can also benefit from bringing your audience to their event. So I definitely say that, like, look, these are what my conversion rates look like. And I'm more than happy to get that additional data to you and talk about it in person if you'd like. So, right. right. Yep. One of the other things I'm curious about is when you're doing all of the research is mm-hmm. that, again, some speakers, again, playing devil's advocate may listen and yeah. think, well, you know, like, yeah, but I could just, I could... Yeah, copy and paste, send the same template email to a hundred people and get some stuff out of it. Or I could really spend the hours and email five really, really quality events, 10 quality events there. So I'm curious then from the research side, are you doing a lot of that? Are you have someone on the team that's doing a lot of that? What does that process look like? So it's a combination. I have people on my team doing the high level stuff, meaning like, you know, compile a list of these events in this area or when we're doing our stuff at the beginning of the year and we're looking at like regions or certain places that based on the products we have that we're looking to get into, 
like I'd really like to get in front of this type of audience more, then I'll have my team go and pull a list of events that kind of correlate with that. Then after that, then I'll say, hey, do some high-level contact stuff. If you can find it easily, great. If not, that's fine. And then bring it back. Because just because you get a list of the events, it doesn't necessarily mean the event's a good fit. So they can put some initial eyes on it, but I end up with like a smaller list. So I'm not one of those five quality people, cast a wide net hundred people. I'm somewhere in between. I've got my high quality people on there. I've got my shoot middle earlies and then I've got my filler events, you know, and so my list is kind of well-rounded in that capacity, which keeps me booked, keeps me busy. But it also makes sure that I get things that align with uh, the products that I'm trying to sell and also align with my brand visibility. And you know, and again, like for the speakers out there who say like, oh yeah, I'll just like shoot out a copy paste to a hundred people. Well, you know, that can work, but it's also the difference between why I'm able to take less events for more money coming from doing zero speaking events in this space three years ago. Three years ago, no one knew who I was. I was sitting in a cube and now I'm able to get on stage next to Dave Ramsey, Seth Godin and David Bach, you know, as a keynote. And that happened in three years because of my service, the way that I serve and get on these stages and my dedication to the audience as well as to my host. I I try to be a very, very good attendee to the other speakers. I think that's something people sleep on, you know, as they think it's just the performance. It's also what you do backstage. And then lastly, I I do my best work. I'm constantly trying to grow and refine and be good on stage. And and part of doing your best work is not just like casting that wide net and being like copy paste, you know, from the moment that you put yourself in front of someone, you've already started the gig. Right. Totally. Let's wrap up with this. For someone that's listening to this who's going, all right, I'm interested in speaking. I've done a handful of free things. Yeah. Uh, I am where Nicole was three years ago and I want to do this. I feel like I've got the potential to do this. And I but it's it just feels like a grind. It's discouraging at times. I'm wondering if I have what it takes. I'm wondering if this is worth it. What would you say to them? You're the best thing that no one's ever heard of. Get out there, pitch yourself, and see what happens. If you told me that it would take me eight months to get on stage next to Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, Dave Ramsey, Christine Kane, like I would have been like, okay, let's do it, you know, because what that means is it's going to happen eventually. There's only time and resources that stand between you and the biggest stage that you're looking for. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, people want to find out more about you and uh, where you're at, where can we go? You can head to NicoleWalters.tv, and I am booking for 2019. (laughs) All right. We'll come find you. Thank you, dear. Appreciate you spending some time with us. You're the best. Thanks so much for having me, Grant. All right. I warned you. I told you she's good, huh? Good stuff. Thank you so much, Nicole, for taking the time to share that with us. Again, you can check out her stuff over at NicoleWalters.tv. Again, that is NicoleWalters.tv. Now, like I mentioned to you at the beginning, if you haven't registered for over at Agent, our free software on booking or finding speaking engagements, you definitely want to check that out over at MySpeakerAgent.com. Again, that is MySpeakerAgent.com. Totally free and uh, definitely want to register for that. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Awesome.